continuing in our doctrinal statement or articles of faith, whichever you want to call them. And concerning the eternal purpose of God, we believe that election is the eternal, unconditional purpose of God in which he regenerates, sanctifies, and saves lost sinners, that being imperfectly consistent with the free agency of man, it comprehends all the means in connection with the end. In keeping with the being consistent with the free agency of man, the free will of man, we saw concerning the will of man this morning, concerning his free will. I think it's A.W. Pink, well, maybe not A.W., maybe it's um, Spurgeon, has one of his messages, the free will of man, a slave. Well, that's basically what we were preaching this morning. In man's natural state, in the state in which he is in, born in, to this world, he will not come to God. He will not come to Christ that he might have life. Well, if that be the case, who will come to him? Does God bring us to Christ kicking and screaming and yelling like uh, having worked in one of the box, big box companies, and witnessing parents with their children throwing temper tantrums right there in the middle of the aisle in the store, and the parents dragging them, and is, is that the way God saves us? 
against our will? Does he regenerate and sanctify and save us against our will? No, we will see today in some of the scriptures that we look at that he does quite the opposite. He changes our nature. <laughs> he gives us a spiritual nature. He gives us a spiritual heart. We are thus willing <laughs> to come to him. He changes uh, our will. where we once willed not to come to him in his giving us a new heart, we now willingly and gladly come to him. As Jesus put it in the book of John in chapter 3, you must be born again. That is the new birth. That is God <laughs> creating us anew with a new will. Where once our will was at enmity with God. Now we have a new will that is in fellowship with God. Desiring the things of God. The means. <laughs> it's, and it's not any means that man dreams up. There's all kinds of, well, I call them gimmicks, to fill our church houses and to get professions of faith out of people and so forth. That's not God's means. That's man's means. God ordained Some of his creation to eternal life, and those that he ordained, appointed, determined to have eternal life, they believed. And how did they believe? They believed by God's ordained means. preaching of the gospel, the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He used in his teaching and preaching Jesus in his earthly example 
used illustrations, examples that bore out his preaching. But you don't find him up here with a bunch of pup with a puppet and entertaining folks. That would that would have been a great entertainment. It's a great entertainment today. People enjoy that kind of thing. But when you begin to preach the gospel and begin to preach that men are sinners, as Jesus did. And point them to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. They don't like that. They don't want to hear. But that is God's ordained means, and that's what we mean in this statement. It embraces the means by which God has ordained. men and women, boys and girls, to be saved. Turn with me, starting off to the book of John. The book of John in chapter 6. And we're going to begin with verse 37. We read verse 37 this morning, but we're going to read down through verse 40. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And then... And just consider the word come for a minute. Come speaks of a voluntary, willing action on an individual's part. All that the Father giveth me shall, not maybe, but shall come to me, and him that cometh to me, and there again, the tense of the verb is everything. It's not, it's not a one-time come. Well, you know, I used to follow, be a follower of Christ, but, but I've kind of fallen by the wayside of late years. No, that's not what that tense of that verb is. It's a, from the top moment you first come, it's a continuing the rest of your life. I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should 
lose nothing. Not one's going to be lost. But should raise up, raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son, there again, the tense of the verb, see, seeth. It's a continuing to see the Son, and believeth, he believes and he continues to believe, on him may have everlasting life. That may have is talking about possession. He has possession of everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last days. <laughs> Remember the word come. He comes willingly. Voluntarily. No one is forcing him to come. Just as the man who will not come to Christ <laughs> wills not to come this individual comes. He wills to come to Christ as is demonstrated by his coming to Christ. Turn with me to the 10th chapter. The 10th chapter. And Verse 10. Excuse me. I was going on memory, and my memory crossed over with this morning. I want verse 16. Verse 16 this afternoon. Jesus says here, And other sheep... I have which are not of this fold. I have sheep in the fold, but I have other sheep which are not in the fold. Of this fold, he's talking about the sheepfold of Israel, those whom he came to, but he has others that are not of this fold of the fold of Israel, them also I must bring, he must bring, he brings them with him, not dragging and screaming and hollering and kicking against their will, and they shall hear my voice. He speaks. He speaks their name. And they shall, and there shall be one fold and one sheep shepherd. 
not a fold of Israel, not a fold of Gentiles, but one fold, the family of God and the kingdom of God. One fold. Now, he said, they shall hear my voice. And what did he say in the verses preceding this concerning those that hear his voice? They follow. What's follow? What's the word follow signify? It signifies a coming. It signifies a, a willingness to follow. They willingly follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31. And the verse that you've heard me quote often in, in preaching, thought it be good to quit quote, quoting it and have you turn to it and look at it with your eyes. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. While the word drawn can signify drag, that is not a proper meaning here in what he is talking about. He's talking about, yes, he moved, he worked, he affected. But he moved and he worked in such a way that it affected a change. And, and, and what was this, his working? What was his working based upon? It was based upon his love. His, his everlasting love, his eternal love, which he had for a people. Of course, my mind goes to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love or because of his great love, Wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, ye are saved. His working, as we suggested and talked about earlier, about him working 
on our will, working, giving us a new heart. It's based upon his laws. Because God loved us and ordained us to eternal life. He gives us a heart and time that believes, that comes to his son, his gift. To those who believe, <laughs> to those who are ordained to eternal life. The book of Acts proclaims this in the book of Acts chapter 13 and in Verse 48, Paul and Barnabas said, oh, I forget where it is they, they had gone to, but they had gone into the Gentile countries. To, they went to synagogues, as their custom was, to go to the Jew first and to proclaim the gospel. And the Jews did as they do, did, do. They would not hear. They would not believe. But the Gentiles, the Gentiles were intrigued by what they heard. And they desired that Paul and Barnabas stay and, and preach to them the gospel. And so they did. And verse 48 gives us this information. And when the Gentiles heard this, heard the gospel, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. <laughs> you see, they glorified the word of God. They glorified the gospel. And as many as were ordained, as were determined, as were appointed to eternal life, did what? They believed because God loved them and appointed them to eternal life. And so when the proper time came and the gospel was preached, they believed. Because it was ordained of God that they should have eternal life in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we go now to that well-known and familiar portion of scripture in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And verse 28, 
don't separate verse 28 from verses 29 and 30. And we know that, in fact, don't separate it from, from any of the rest of the verses. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. And why do they love God? 1 John 4.10 and 19, verse 19. Because God loved them first. To them who are the called according to his purpose. And whom does he call? Now the calling's in their lifetime. Elections in eternity. Predestination is in the eternity. Ordained, they're being ordained, appointed to eternal life is in eternity. But the calling of God is in their lifetime. In our lifetime. Who does he call? <laughs> Those whom he loves. According to his purpose. You see, it's, it's according to his purpose, which is working all things. According to his purpose. And especially our salvation is being worked according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow. <laughs> that word there goes to love. His foreknowledge is his love, his, his intimate knowledge of us, knowing us as a man knows his wife, as a husband and wife coming together in intimacy. And knowing when God knew us intimately in a special love. For whom he did foreknow. Jeremiah 31 3. He also did predestinate, he predetermined and appointed. A pre-appointment for them to be conformed to the image of his son. As Ephesians 1.4. We should be holy and without blame before him in love. That is being conformed to the image of his son, which is holiness and righteousness, perfection. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, all those that he, he did work in eternity, 
plan and purpose in eternity. Them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. <laughs> Give us a, he gave us a right standing before him. In our own righteousness? No, in his righteousness. Through belief in his son. Through faith in his blood. And he forgave us all our sins. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. We have <coughs> a glorified one body awaiting us. One day, there's the ultimate conformity to the image of his son. We'll have a body like unto the Lord Jesus Christ. That is without sin and without the ability to sin. You see, we long for that day right now. We yearn for that day right now. When we'll, we'll be for, free from this sinful body and its tendencies to sin. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who? Who can be against us? <laughs> you see, all this shows the working of God to take that which is dead in sin and trespasses, abiding under condemnation, abiding under the wrath of God, and make us a vessel fit. For the master's use. Fit for the master's honor and glory. Turn with me now to the book of James. The book of James in chapter 1. Verse 17. You see, ye will not come to Christ. Man will not come to Christ. But the gift of God. The gift of God. God gives them the gift to come. Him. Verse 17 of James chapter 1 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift, that gift which he gives us is a good gift. Coming to Jesus Christ is a good gift. Coming to Jesus Christ is a perfect gift. 
is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. It's because of God's working. His gift, which is good and perfect, that enabled us to come to Christ. Of his own will, begat he us with the word of truth. There's the means. What means does he use? Does he use any means? No, it's the preaching of the word of truth. It's the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. <laughs> you see, the gospel, the word of truth, is a good and perfect gift. And he uses that means, the word of truth, to give to us a good and perfect gift of coming to Christ Jesus. Coming willingly to Christ Jesus. Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. Chapter two. Look carefully at verses 13 and 14. And don't miss in these verses the means as well as the other blessed truths that these verses are proclaiming. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, Beloved of the Lord. <laughs> Saved or beloved of the Lord. He said, in witnessing of his son, testifying of his son, Behold, my beloved son, Jesus Christ, his beloved son. Here, the writing tells us, that we're believe if we're saved, we're beloved of the Lord as well. Because God hath from the beginning, here's what we've been talking about the last several weeks. God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. What is the means? The truth. What is, what is the truth? The word of God concerning Christ, 
concerning the only begotten Son of the Father? Whereunto he called you by our gospel. There's the means again. We were called by the preaching of the gospel. The, the gospel is preached and the call goes out. <laughs> Probably would have been a fitting time to have gone into the general call, which is the everyone under the sound of the gospel. There's a general call that goes out for men to repent of their sins toward God and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn in faith believing to the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is a only an effectual call that goes to those who were chosen in God before the foundation of the world, who were ordained to eternal life. And it's that effectual call that goes out. The Holy Spirit makes it effectual in the hearts of those that believe. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, God's eternal purpose there in regenerating, sanctifying, saving lost sinners and the means he used, uses is the truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached. In these verses, we are to give thanks because God has chosen us, has elected us unto salvation. Before he created, before he created anything, before he created time, before any man, before the world, also, thank God that he has chosen. Elected, ordained the means whereby we could be saved through sanctification and belief of the truth and calling us through when the gospel is preached, calling us to salvation. By the preaching of the word of God, the preaching of the gospel, the Holy Spirit works. And unbeknown to those around us, he works. God's Holy Spirit was a work in 
in my life. That day in April of 1974, while I was at work, and I, I was miserable. Nobody else around me was aware, aware of the fact. Nobody else was aware of the fact of God's working in me that day. They weren't aware of the Holy Spirit of God at work in me. But I was. <laughs> yeah. While the gospel wasn't being preached there, there at 550 West Linfoot Street, Washington, Ohio, where I worked, I had heard the gospel many times. Many times in my lifetime. I had heard the preaching of God's word. And one day he made it effectual in my life, in my heart. God wonderfully, powerfully worked in my heart, in my soul, as he does every sinner who comes to Christ. It's because of the working of God and because men were faithful to preach the gospel and the Holy Spirit took that faithfulness and that preaching of the gospel and made it effective. I can say with all certainty that just as he did to me, he has done to, to every one of you. He made you want to be saved more than anything in the world. Count, recount your salvation. Think back to it. You were miserable in your sin. You were going to die and go to hell. He must save you. You see, all that was the working of God. What happened? Well, turn with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms 110. Another verse you've heard me quote often. Psalms 110, verse 3. The psalmist said, here, he, he knew with certainty. He knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. How did he know? He knew by, he knew by experience. Thy people... God's people, the one that he loved in eternity, chose, ordained to eternal life. Thy people shall be willing, willing in a day of thy power. When God works, you become willing to come to him. Like I said. I did, and I know 
that's so of everyone here that is saved today. God made you willing. In fact, as I said, you wanted to be saved more than anything else in the world. It was the first time you've been made aware of just how sinful your sin was and how much it was against God. You no longer had a hatred for God. You no longer were in enmity with God. But you begin to have a desire for the honor and glory of God. And you knew that you couldn't do that as you were. God has finished his work of grace in the sinner. They are constrained. They're constrained by love. By love for God. By love for Christ to come to him through repentance and faith. That is, through a turning from their sin and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see where my back is? My back is turned to sin. You see where my face is? I'm now coming to Christ. I'm following him. I'm going away from sin. No man is ever saved except by the means that God has ordained. It must be by the gospel. It must be by the proclamation of the gospel. The gospel must have been proclaimed because that's what God uses. That's his ordained means. God always makes sinners <laughs> exceedingly tired of their life of sin. I know I was. Their sinfulness and the results of their wickedness, oh, abhor it. Extremely tired of it. This is what the Apostle Paul had to say in these words concerning the gospel, concerning the word of God working upon him. The book of Romans in chapter 7. Verse 13, Romans 7, 13. 
was then that which is good, the law, the word of God, made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, sin, you see, it's through the, the word of God that we recognize our sin and we recognize just how sinful we are. We recognize from the word of God how God hates sin. But sin that it might appear sin, working death in me. For the wages of sin is death. By that which is good. <laughs> the law is good. The word of God is good. But it, it made me aware of the fact that I was abiding under the condemnation of death. I was abiding under the wrath of God because I was a sinner who had not repented of my sins toward God and turned in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. That sin... By the commandment, might become exceeding sinful. Remember the day the light shone in the gospel. The light shone, and how exceeding sinful you were. Paul recognized it. He said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? So you see how God's eternal purpose is perfectly in keeping perfectly consistent with man's free will and it embraces the use of means, God's means, God's ordained means, the word of God, the preaching of God. And if it's anything but, it's not of God. And if it's not of God, then you haven't come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we've got to stop there today. Can we stand together?